Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Immigrant Experience in America. I'm your host, Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and we're happy to bring you another broadcast today. This is where we amplify and humanize the experiences of immigrants in the United States. Today, we have for you Viviana Bertinetto from Italy. Welcome, Viviana. Thank you so much, Simone. I'm very excited to be here today. Wonderful. Welcome to our show. If you don't mind telling us a bit about yourself, where you're from, what's the story and what brings you here to the United States? Yes, absolutely. Um, So, yes, um, I am originally from a city in Italy, Torino. Um, For uh, many listeners, it may be uh, more well known as Turin. Um, And I have been living in um, Orange County, California for the past 12 and a half years. So I moved right after um, completing my my master's degree in Italy. And right now I work at a software company, Language.io, and I'm their chief customer officer. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So we were chatting a bit uh, before we started the full recording about what is Language.io, if you don't mind going into detail about what the company does and um, how that might be helpful to our listeners. Yes, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, So our our software um, enables companies that um, have um, customer support agents that perhaps only speak one language, um, that could be English or any other language, um, to communicate with customers that... um, don't speak those languages, so in multiple languages. And so um, essentially our software integrates with um, support tools within CRMs and allows an agent that may only speak one language to to chat or email um, with a customer that um, speaks different languages. So it's um, it's very cool technology and it's uh, it's very integrated and very secure. And, um, and I love it because it, it really allowed me to um, use my experience and my um, education in languages and kind of discover the, the technology side of it all. So it's, um, it's very exciting. Wonderful, wonderful. It sounds like a groundbreaking software technology that we have in the market now. I didn't know about this. Uh, typically, there's like a third person doing interpretation for most people, but this is amazing that something like this exists. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. If you don't mind telling us a bit about your professional background, as you say, it goes in line with your, you know, area of study and so forth. Is there, what did you study? Um, Did you study in the United States and did you study in Italy or somewhere else? I studied in Italy, so I completed my education at the University of Turin and my major was foreign languages and translation. Um, So I 
was always interested in languages. I always loved learning about different languages and different cultures. And I was really in love with the English language from an early age. Um, so I, like I said, I completed my education in Italy. And um, throughout, I would say, since I was probably 13, I, I did a lot of exchange programs abroad, um, both in um, the UK, the US, actually even in Spain. Um, and so after I completed my master's degree, I, I got a really great opportunity to move to Los Angeles um, on what's called a J-1 visa. So it's um, it's a visa for um, essentially internships. And, uh, and that's kind of how my life in the United States started. Okay, okay. I've never visited Italy, but mm -hmm. um, the question comes to mind, what is life like there? Um, what do you do for fun, everyday activity, a typical family, what's the culture, food like, and um, I'm assuming you guys speak Italian, but there might be other um, languages spoken locally that we're not aware of. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so, um, first of all, I hope you get to visit soon. Um, it, it's a beautiful country. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up speaking Italian, but um, Italy is is a is very rich in terms of um, linguistic backgrounds. Um, there's a lot of dialects that are spoken in different regions of Italy. Um, in my region, the the dialect is called Piemontese, and it's actually a mix almost of Italian and French. Um, so it, it's it's very interesting to learn about all these um, different dialects or languages really that are, are spoken in different areas of Italy. But I think in recent years, Italy has become more of a multicultural um, country and um, there's many languages spoken, not just Italian. Um, and in, in, in Turin itself, uh, there's a, a large um, community that speaks Arabic, um, Chinese and even um, Spanish. A lot of people from South America have immigrated to Italy. So every time I go back, I think it's just so exciting to see how things are changing and, and walking the streets and, and not just hearing Italian. I think it's it's great. Yeah, it is. Sounds quite interesting. Sounds like maybe a, a New York or a Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. or somewhere in California or maybe Atlanta. Yeah, like yeah. Quite a multicultural city. Yes, absolutely. And and yes, it's it's a... Torino, where I grew up, Turin, is a fairly large city. Um, so I grew up just uh, really living in an apartment in the middle of the city and, uh, you know, going to theater, museums. Um, there's there's lots of culture. Um, and, and, of course, a lot of um, things in Italy revolve around food. <laughs> so certainly some of my best memories are, um, you know, uh, dinners and restaurants or just at friends' houses. And, um, and you know, those, those are the things that we love to do, <laughs> um, for sure. And, and Turin is also close to um, wine country. So um, there's, a, there's a, lot of, a lot of things to do outside of the city as well, visiting different wineries and um, just eating lots of good food. And if you couldn't tell, I love food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. So no, don't feel bad about it. Good yeah. food, good tasting food, well spiced food. Um, mm -hmm. It begs the question then, like what what's typical for you either in Turin or throughout Italy? You know, we um, as people who've never visited the country, we have our our stereotypes of this whole idea of pasta being like mm -hmm. a big thing in Italy and pizzas. 
but help mm-hmm. us to understand what is typical um, for an Italian to eat every day and what, you sure. know, what you guys love, love, love. Yeah, I will say, you know, not going to lie, pasta is certainly something we love to eat a lot. Um, but there's um, there's definitely a lot of variety, especially as you go into different regions of Italy. Um, my region specifically is is known for meat. Um, so um, we're actually pretty good, uh, pretty big uh, meat eaters. Um, and uh, yeah, aside from pasta, there's, there's just a lot of dishes just with vegetables. Um, and I think when it comes to pasta, it's certainly a lot of variety in um, the condiments and the sauces that we use compared to, you know, the United States where it's, it's pretty much either some Alfredo sauce, which hurts me to even say, or, you know, a meat sauce or a pesto. And, and those seems to be, you know, the, the three, the three options, but there's so much more um, than that and lots of different cheeses as well. Um, so yeah, a big variety for sure. Right. And I'm thinking of music. Um, is it, um, I don't want to make any assumptions, but help us understand how is Italian music different from like the rest of the region over there? Sure. I would say, um, yeah, the, I've noticed that the United States is, is a little bit stuck maybe when it comes to, to thinking about Italian music. Uh, there's a lot of new, um, very talented artists out there. Um, I mean, one that comes to mind, especially for for the uh, probably for the younger audience as well. But, you know, generally speaking, they're being super successful. It's Maniskin and they um, they are a rock band. You know, Um, Italy has some some really good um, rock bands and um, uh, just just a really good rock scene, I would say. And um, I grew up going to concerts as well. So um, definitely into music a lot. So hoping that Maniskin can just pave the way for, for the U.S. Uh, to learn about other uh, types of music that, you know, may come from Italy. Okay, awesome, awesome. So they might break out here soon. I don't know mm-hmm. very much about that group, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. Looking forward to learning more. So I wonder, as you came over, how how was it for you to adjust to, like, culturally to a different place? English speaking, quite different from, I don't know how much English is spoken in Italy, but you can elaborate on that. But what was it like adjusting in the first few months, first few years? Absolutely. I think um, initially I, I was just so excited, right? So um, willing to just dive into a new experience that I think probably underestimated some of the uh, more challenging times that I, um, you know, was going to experience. I was very lucky that right from the get-go when I when I did move uh, a bit more permanently here for that internship, uh, my English was already quite good. So I think that allowed me to communicate very efficiently, which I know is, is absolutely not the case um, for, for other people that may immigrate to, to the U.S. So I think that was definitely something that um, allowed me to overcome some of the more immediate um, obstacles. Um, but generally speaking, I, was, um, I feel like I was just very excited and ready to dive into a different culture um, and kind of leave Italy behind and start a new life. Um, and, uh, and, you know, 
a lot, I think a lot of what, what people in Italy know about the United States, you know, comes from pop culture and movies, right? And, uh, and there's certainly an, an element of that. I remember, you know, going, going out in Hollywood and, and feeling like I was you know, living in a movie. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of other aspects that, that people may not really know. And, and as you start your, your life in the United States, you start uncovering all these different layers, right? Um, and really understand uh, what society is like here. And, um, and it's, it's challenging and interesting at the same time. Certainly, certainly. I'm wondering if there's a particular reason why you, have you always stayed in California and why California? Did you have a support system there, like family, friends, or some other support group there? Yeah, and that's a very interesting question, actually, because um, I've always lived in California, um, and it's it's really interesting when I when I think about uh, the experience and the path of other people that I know that come from other countries, right? And so the the reason why I, I landed in California is actually because when I was in high school, I did a an exchange program over the summer with a host family um, here in Southern California. And I would say that experience was really life-changing because I immediately fell in love with California. And I remember visiting the um, UCSB campus, uh, University of California, Santa Barbara, and just thinking, I have to come back here and do college here and, and study here in the United States, which, of course, I, I quickly found out was probably not going to be uh, the case just because of how cost prohibitive it really is, especially coming from outside of, of the country. Uh, but I think from that summer on, I, I just had this idea in my head that I would move to the U.S. at some point. And it had to be California just because I loved it so much. So I, I did return um, a few summers after that because I, I met um, other, other people um, here. And they, you know, my host family invited me back um, the summer after. I did then a, a semester abroad at the University of, of Santa Barbara. I met a lot of friends. And, and as you know, you know, that's college is, is kind of where you, you start your, your big friendships sometimes. And, and you meet people that are, are with you throughout. And so I think I, I already had that support system in place and it just made sense for me to look for a, an opportunity um, in the area. Right. And so I, I'm wondering how similar is the weather in Italy to, to California? Is it um, very similar or somewhat, you know, different? I think um, the weather in the south of Italy is, is actually pretty comparable to to what it is in California um, you know it has mild winters and and not a lot of rain um, and where I grew up in in Torino you know it used to be more of the traditional four seasons I don't know if we still have that given where climate is going but um, you know winters weren't necessarily very very cold but it could snow um, and and it would get it would get fairly cold um, so a little bit different I would say um, my, I will admit my winter clothes are probably the same that I brought over 12 years ago. I haven't really had a chance to, um, uh, you know, visit cold weather as much. So I, I've gotten by with what I have. Not the cold weather. I'm sorry. I quite the opposite. I was born in Jamaica, spent most of my life there, and I've progressively moved away from <laughs> winter weather so yeah. Missouri to the Washington DC area 
than Atlanta, Georgia area. And I'm looking like seriously, like going even warmer because I find it works with my personality works mm-hmm. with, you know, it just keeps me energized and, and wanting to do things as far as energy is concerned. Um, the dark and the cold is just, um, it's not for me. So I completely get that. Yes. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder then, you know, so you formed some pretty good friendships, relationships, laid a foundation. You came back, you did some studying. What are some challenges that came along the way as life progressed? And, you know, what, what did you find perhaps maybe culturally shocking as you adjusted to life here? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think um, so aside from from the practical process, right, that um, to to actually move here, so the, the all the immigration um, applications and um, you know the the paperwork part, but culturally, I think um, one of the things was was even just adjusting to schedules. Um, I really am used to eat. Um, pretty late at night. Um, and so for me, the, those six, being invited to dinner at 6 p.m. was a bit strange, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think, you know, even working like office life usually starts way earlier here. Um, so I think as I entered the, the workforce, I really noticed um, how different um, that was going to be compared to Italy. Um, you know, the people tend to take less uh, time off. I think things are changing a lot. So I'm, I'm more referring to to the beginning, you know, a few years ago, over 10 years ago when I started, but certainly, um, you know, less bank holidays, um, just uh, starting to work very early in the morning and, um, and then yes, uh, being invited out at, at 6 p.m., uh, and then, you know, I grew up in a city and I was I was living in the suburbs of Southern California. So life in general was a, a little bit different, maybe um, in the beginning, <laughs> a little less exciting in a sense. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I think just having had experiences in, in college and, and having met people before prepared me a little bit for um, for what was to come. But, you know, certainly it was uh it was still a very uh, interesting discovery in the beginning, for sure. Right. So I'm wondering, after having almost close to 40 or 50 interviews now, some people find the idea of Halloween and the way we celebrate our different holidays, cultural holidays here in the United States, to be different like someone from China said that the whole idea of going around trick-or-treating during Halloween she could not really get it but then her dad kind of forced her to try it a bit and mm-hmm. then she got excited when she realized like oh you're just gonna give me candy for free yeah <laughs> so, so that was interesting so I'm wondering was there anything like that where you thought the holidays were just so different from culturally how people are in Italy yes yes I mean Halloween is is be- has become very popular in Italy as well, but people don't go trick or treating. That's that's definitely also a, a little bit strange as well for me. Uh, although I love Halloween, it's my favorite holiday. Um, I also feel like one one thing was uh, just finding out other holidays that may not be necessarily um, you know bank holidays or, or time off from work, but that that people would celebrate things like you know St. Patrick's Day or Cinco de Mayo, um, you know, especially in California. And, and those to me were, were a little bit odd. Um, 
but I think it's because again, it's it's part of the fact that America has so many different cultures and backgrounds coming in, and so there's these these holidays and these these days that have been celebrated throughout the years that you know ultimately um, become just a reason for people to celebrate. Um, you know, St. Patrick's Day, even though you're not Irish, you you still go out and celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And to me, it's uh, yeah, it, it was a, a little bit funny, but then it you know it just made me think. Um, about how how it's interesting at the same time, right? And it's um, yeah, it's something that we obviously had not seen in Italy, at least up to the point where I was living there. I know things are changing, and like I said, it's it's very exciting to see more more cultures as well uh, in my home country. Right. Yes. Yes. And so, wondering then, how have you been able to show up as your authentic immigrant self, like? Viviana, the Italian, like things that are just very Italian about you and the way you express yourself, the way you go about your day. Um, Have you been able to just, you know, assimilate or accommodate even like, you know, assimilate is basically taking on the American culture and learning much and changing to be like melting into what that means to be whatever your definition of American culture is but accommodation is basically you say okay this is the way I am culturally this is how I was raised I may adopt some American ways but I'm you know I'm sticking to how I am as an Italian how, how was that experience for you absolutely I think it's um it's been it's been getting better and easier to um, to really understand different types of situations I may be in and, um, and perhaps adapt a little bit um, to, to those situations. Um, for example, you know, I'm, I tend to be, I tend to be loud. I tend to um, sometimes, you know, I, I speak my mind and, and, you know, just thinking about, you know, relationships and, and um, you know, friendships, right? Uh, you know, my friends, they, they know that I can, um, you know, I can come off as, as um, a little bit hot-headed and, um, you know, speak with my hands as well and just get very heated, right? Um, and uh, and sometimes, you know, they even tell me, I don't understand when you talk to your, your friends and family in Italy if you're fighting or if you're just having a normal conversation. <laughs> so, um, you know, I know some of those things, again, um, may be a little bit difficult to, to understand um, from, from the American culture standpoint. Um, but I think, you know, having, I think because I work in a, um, you know, in an environment that is all about different languages, different cultures, right? I've also learned about other cultures too, not just the American culture. I've learned that in America, there are so many different other cultures and that people even at work, right, may relate to you in a different way. And so um, I, I would say I'm I'm still able for the most part to show up as my authentic self, but um, I think I, I also value the learning opportunities that are presented to me um, when it comes to interacting with people um, that that you know are don't have an Italian background or are not from Italy. So right, right, right. Certainly, yes, we we give and take, right? Um, mm-hmm. I find lately I've been expressing myself as becoming this hybrid of my former birth country, well, my birth country and my now adopted country, the United States, mm-hmm. right? I find that as I've gotten older, there are things that I become aware of in the Jamaican culture that I don't quite support or like, and some things fall away as I become more mature of an adult. 
and and then there's I find I've become very American in other ways as well as I compare myself to other people that who are still on the island or people who Mm -hmm. have arrived after I have you know I've become like this hybrid of like both countries so it's quite interesting Yes, I can. I can definitely see that, um, you know, when I go back to Italy, for example, and, and I do find myself having some, uh, you know, very American behaviors or like all of a sudden being shocked that things are closed on a Sunday or you know that people actually take a lunch break and close their shops. <laughs> so it's little things like that. But, but I know uh, my friends and family usually make fun of me the first week that I'm in Italy because they say I have to reassimilate. <laughs> Right, 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 right. I totally get it. Totally get it. So, I mean, you expressed earlier that you find that you're quite expressive when you're with, you know, like physically expressive when you're trying to explain something to your friends or having a conversation. And I find in the Caribbean culture, the Latin culture, and in several countries actually that are considered high contact cultures where relationships and lots of communal settings are more important than let's say the task orientedness of the United States of getting the job done before we get to relationships and hanging out Um, Mm -hmm. that tends to be um, noticeable as well so it's really not just you so it's interesting to hear that from coming from Italy and um, that side of the world that you actually do express yourself in a similar way. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, even with my children, I think I'm, I'm very affectionate, you know, for me, displaying affection is, is not a problem. And I know that, you know, uh, this is not by not generalizing at all. But, but I've noticed, you know, I mean, people in Italy, you know, they, they meet each other, you know, oh, you meet a friend, you, you give them two kisses, one on each cheeks, you know, and, and uh, that's, that can be put off for some, um, for some Americans, right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I I can relate to what what you said, and and yeah, I I do still express myself that way, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it can be a big difference. Right. Yes. Um. So as you mentioned, children, I wonder what has your experience been like raising children in a different culture from the one you were actually born in, and raised in, right? Different value systems exposed to different types and so much more probably technology and the values that you're trying to instill in your children. I'm a mother as well. Same situation. I was raised in a completely different country, different values, different surroundings. And so now I'm raising a daughter and I'm like, oh, wow, it's a different environment, different things that she's exposed to. How do you balance that? And how, what are some challenges that you might find that are coming along as you're raising your children? I think one of the biggest challenges for me right now, it's certainly um, learning the American school system. Um, it's completely different from um, from the system in Italy. And I think perhaps because I live in California, there's also um, pressure about um, knowing already, you know, where, where your children are going to go to school, which, which school are you going to pick? And, you know, where I grew up, it's like, oh, this is your neighborhood school like of course you're going there and uh you know some people choose to to send kids to private schools and and usually it's it's more of a convenience factor because some public schools may not have after school programs and so a lot of parents might be forced to choose private schools because they may have longer hours Um, but for me that's been a quite quite a surprise as i as i navigate the school system here to to really see how 
um, important it seems to be for people from, from a very young age. So I'm actually trying to put a little less pressure on myself around that um, because I really would love my children to be able to kind of explore and, um, you know, become their own selves, of course, and, and then see, you know, as, as life continues where, where they want to be. Um, I would love for them to experience life in Italy. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to move back for a year or two to give them that uh, immersive experience and uh, uh, have them experience school over there as well. And, uh, you know, people are always concerned that that's going to set them back. And I, you know, I try to think about, I mean, it's going to set them back based on whose standards, right? Uh, the flip side of that is that they get to experience their their heritage, you know, part of their culture. And um, I think that's priceless at the end of the day. Definitely, definitely. So you tend to take more of an open mind towards like letting them embrace the American culture. And if there is, because I know some mothers have, you know, they want their children to be more traditional raised with their own culture and so at times that conflicts with the American way of things and so right so you know I my daughter's four and so I'm, I find that I'm trying to balance you know the things that she participates in and what she's exposed to and and so forth and so I guess you know we we deal with it as it comes yes yes exactly and my my son is also four and um so, and we've been very lucky that his preschool um, is actually um, very open to teach children about other cultures. They have, you know, little good morning songs in, in various languages, and they have um, kids that are bilingual as well. Um, you know, there's, um, there's a few different um, nationalities represented in this class. So I think I was actually very lucky to find this, this type of program. Um, I know it's, um, it's, quite rare and um you know i do recognize that certainly for where i live you know there's there's lots of opportunities and 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 my kids are quite privileged to live live where they live uh but nevertheless i i do seek uh, more diversity and more exposure um to other cultures and and i i certainly wish that they can uh, appreciate and um and learn about italian culture as well it's it's 100 a priority for me um, so it's said that success leaves clues, and I'm wondering, what do you know now that you wish you knew at the start of your immigrant journey? I think it's it's about scratching the surface. Um, I mentioned that I was um, extremely excited to to move here, and I think at the time, um, perhaps you know, because of my age, being in my twenties, I were just I was just so ready. Um, to to experience something new and and leave everything behind, but I think ultimately, as you um, as you grow into more of an adult, like you said, um, you learn a lot of things, and I think it's that um, it is important to build your your network. And sometimes, you know, it is important to continue to have a network of people from your own country, um, no matter how much you at the time want to sever maybe um, some of that some of those relationships are just, just because you want to experience something new. I think right now I wish that maybe I had built a bigger network of Italian people um, because now, again, I have kids. And so it, it would make thing, a lot of things um, easier. Um, I would say, you know, I caught up. So I, I do have a little network of, of Italian people here in the, in California that I, uh, that I talk to and that I um, hang out with. But certainly I think in the beginning it was, it was very much about, trying to assimilate 
um, in the American culture as much as possible. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and just scratch the surface because a lot of things look exciting and look um, shiny, but, uh, you know, they may become difficult in the long, in the long term. And, and we all know, think things that immigrants go through. And, and again, I think my experience was extremely privileged. So I, I recognize that, but, you know, just navigating healthcare, um, you know, 12 years down the line, it's still a nightmare for me. I still don't get it. I still don't really know why it is the way it is, right? Um, or, or just even financially, you know, understanding what a credit line is and, and why it's important to have that. Um, so, you know, I think um, excitement is good, but, um, you know, dig a little deeper, do a little more research. I think those are things that that I, I would probably tell my uh 24 year old self <laughs> yes definitely definitely good advice so I'm wondering if there was a time where because committing what we call faux pas which is like a social like going you know breaking a social norm that's mm-hmm. acceptable here in the United States oftentimes as immigrants we do them because we don't understand that we're doing something wrong right it may be done differently in our in our uh, birth country and so I wonder if you've ever had a time where you committed a faux pas, either with your friends or in some setting, and how how did you manage it or what lessons did you learn that you would like to share with our audience? Sure. I think I was always very, um, very open about talking about, you know, social issues or even politics or religion. I think I was, um, I grew up in an environment where, where those conversations were pretty normal, um, but I would say I quickly find out that um, that that's, that may not be the case uh, for for a lot of people in the United States. So and there have been times when I've had to you know take a step back and, and change the subject quickly. Um, it still happens today, and I, and I think it's um, it's absolutely okay, and and you know I respect that. But but it's certainly been uh, a learning experience, and um, yeah, just. Um, just navigating that and, and understanding that um, that it's it's okay to not not be able to to talk freely about certain um, topics and and that you may still find people that um, they may that, that may actually accept that uh, it's just that you know there's there's a few things that, that need to happen before you understand that that may be the case so yeah just just learned from from some mistakes nothing nothing really major but that's been a learning experience for sure. Okay. And to close out our time together today, I'm wondering if you have any additional advice for people who are listening to your journey, perhaps another Italian, another young lady who is here and, you know, what advice would you lend to her? And then you can go into talking about how people might find uh, your services there at your business where you work. Sure. I would say a big piece of advice is um, don't get discouraged. It does get better. Uh, but again, I think find find your people, find your network, um, Italian people, American people. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but find a network, find some support because it is hard being away from your home country. It, it, again, the excitement in the beginning um, is is usually giving a lot of positivity, but but it can fade. So I think at the end of the day, having having your village, having your support system, I'm still building it 12 years in. So um, it's um, it's something that's never truly done. 
uh, would be would be an advice. And um, yeah, be be up to date on on everything around immigration. I think also super important, um, um, undoubtedly. And uh, yeah, and in terms of of what I what I do, again, I was I was I was very lucky to to find my niche and my um, really an environment where I can thrive. But um, yeah, language IO. Um, that's the name of the company that I work for. Um, you know, we are in the technology space, in the machine learning space, AI, and uh, we're doing a, really a lot of cool things um, with languages. So I'm certainly excited to bring on uh, more companies uh, that may, may need our services. Um, because again, communicating with customers in different languages is, is super important. And, uh, and we know that the customers that can communicate in their native languages, uh, you know, are, are more loyal to brands and to customers and really appreciate that extra level of effort. So um, certainly excited to see what's ahead. Definitely, as the world becomes more, as they say, a global village, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can connect and speak with people in, in, in minutes or from one end of the world to the other. Is there a specific point of contact that you'd like to share? Like, is there a press person or is there um, an email or uh, the website for your company that you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah. It's www.languageio.com. And um, there's a, um, a link there to contact us. So if, um, if anybody that's listening may need our services, we'd be absolutely happy to help. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Viviana. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Likewise, Simone. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's my pleasure. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.